Welcome to the teaching ministry of Temple Baptist Church. While we hope you can join us in person, our prayer is that this message will encourage you to love God and serve Him in a deeper way. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you that we can come together and sing songs of praise uh, for who you are. Lord, I thank you that you laid yourself down to bring us to life. Thank you that we're no longer slaves to fear. Uh, Lord, thank you that we're your children. Lord, I thank you that we can be here together to celebrate that together. And I just ask your blessing on our, the rest of our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, everyone. Please have a seat. And thanks to the band this morning. We really appreciate all the work that you've done. Leading us to a time where we can look into God's Word. And we're going to plan on doing that this morning. We are, I'm excited about today. I'm glad that the youngest kids are out because I'm going to be talking about freedom. Um, and I thought it would be, it's a great uh, topic to talk about. Uh, and I think we need to get to the point where we can understand what freedom is and what freedom is not. But this morning we wanted to, to look at freedom. Uh, we have, uh, we're a little bit uncomfortable with the idea of freedom. Not for ourselves, but for other people. It's like when we say to our kids when they go off to school, have a great day. And then in our head we think, then we say, be good. And then we give them all these other stipulations. Be nice to everybody. Do what the teacher says. And then we thought, but have a good day. Right? Because we want them to feel like they can enjoy themselves, but we don't, we don't want them to know that they have too much freedom. We have this idea of, uh, it's a struggle when it comes to freedom, where we feel like we can handle freedom. We like it when we're free, but we're uncomfortable when other people are free. And so I thought we would look this morning at this idea of freedom. And uh, welcome to those who are watching online. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we wish you could be here, but if you're not able to be here, we're glad that you can join us uh, electronically. My parents said that they were watching, so let me just take a little moment to indulge myself. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. <laughs> They don't get to come all the way over here to Sarnia to church, so I get a good chance to say hello to them. Uh, I thought we could talk first about what freedom is. I saw a t-shirt. It said, butterflies are free. I thought it was an advertisement. So I was looking around for the insect store, and I thought they might be giving away butterflies, right, because butterflies are free. Then I thought, no, it's probably more of an existential statement. That's butter butterflies somehow enjoy freedom, and they're free. And I thought about it, that's a little bit of how we look at freedom, where uh, butterflies are free. It seems like they can do whatever they want to do. But that's not really true of butterflies. Butterflies are free to be butterflies. They're not free to fly to the moon. They're free to be butterflies. They're free to be what God has made them to be. I think that's key when we think about what this idea of freedom is. Free to be what they were created to be. This idea, maybe we should ask the question of what is freedom. Last week I was at uh, Costco in the United States, and as we were uh, walking out, there was a guy standing beside uh, a display, and he was selling uh, solar panels and installing solar panels and hooking them up to the grid for you and all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm interested in that stuff a little bit, so I stopped and talked to him for a little, and um, I asked him a few questions about, you know, what kind of a system is this? You know, what do the solar panels output? All that kind of stuff. What would you suggest for a specific house? We don't live here in the United States. And they said, well, we don't do, we just do here in Florida and a couple of other states. So I asked him about, oh, so is this the kind of system 
where you sort of hook into the grid and they sort of they buy your electricity from you and then you buy it back from them that kind of a thing or is it uh, one of those off-grid kind of a systems and he goes oh you can't go off-grid I said what do you mean you can't go out no you're not allowed to go off-grid so quickly I thought of their national anthem and I said to him but I thought this was the land of the free and the home of the brave <laughs> it's pretty fun when you can use somebody else's national anthem against them right so <laughs> I said, I thought this was the land of the free and the home of the brave. And he says, yeah, but you can't go off grid. <laughs> and I thought that's an interesting idea because I was, you know, knowing that I was going to be speaking about freedom and I thought that's interesting when we, you know, I do live, people think I live in a land that's free and we do the same thing. We live in a land that's free and yet we know that there's a lot of things that we can't do. And yet we would say we love the freedom that we have. So I thought we would look in John chapter 8 at what Jesus says and what Jesus said about freedom. The Gospel of John, our, our Bible is sort of, uh, we divide our Bible, which is really a book that contains 66 books. We divide it into the Old Testament and the New Testament. So in the New Testament, we start off with the four Gospels. So we're going to look at the fourth Gospel. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So we're going to look at John chapter 8 today. And as you uh, find that place in your Bible, if you brought on your uh, smartphone or a tablet or something, or if you have a, a Bible with uh, real life pages, that's awesome too. If you want to look up John chapter 8, we're going to look starting in verse 30. But this is John's account, John's eyewitness account when he was with Jesus. We've got to understand a little bit of who John was. John was working in his father's fishing business with his older brother, James, and with uh, one of their partners, Peter when Jesus came and said, follow me, become a disciple of me. He says, I'm gonna make you fishers of men. And it says that John and James and Peter, they left their nets right where they were and they came and they followed Jesus. That's the John. He was young when he started following Jesus. And he followed him through all the things that he witnessed and he was an eyewitness. This is his account. This John is really the only disciple who actually witnessed the death of Jesus. It says, the Bible says that he was there. It is the one that when Jesus was dying on the cross, he, Jesus turned to John and asked him to take care of his mom after he's died. This is the John that we're talking about. John, the first disciple to the empty tomb. John was the last apostle, last disciple to to die. This is a guy that saw Jesus, um, turned away from Jesus after he died, just like the rest of his followers. And then once he recognized, once he witnessed the resurrection, that Jesus came back from, from dead to, to life, when he realized that he conquered death, when he realized that he was really the God of heaven, gave his life to follow him. This is the John that we're talking about. In John chapter 8, starting in verse 30, here's uh, an account that John writes, even as he spoke, this was Jesus speaking in the, the religious area where people would come together to, to teach or to talk, and he was there discussing. It says, even as he spoke, many believed in him. And then it says, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, Jesus said this, to the Jews who had believed. There were those who were understanding his message a little bit and decided they would uh, give at least mental assent that they would believe what he was saying. And it says to the Jews that believed him, Jesus said this, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth 
and the truth will set you free. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There's a pretty commonly misused phrase. We've heard that phrase many times throughout our life. Maybe some of us this morning don't even realize that it was Jesus who coined the phrase. It was Jesus who first spoke that. And yet we hear the, the phrase once in a while. It says, the truth will make you free. And it's used in different situations of life. Usually someone is quoting it saying they found out some truth that was hidden, that somebody was trying to keep under wraps, and they, and they say that this is going to expose some, uh, some new reality, some new light on a situation. And they, they use this phrase, and they say the truth will set you free. You need to know the truth. It'll set you free. But I guess we need to ask the question, is that really what it means here? Is that how Jesus was using it? He's the one who coined the phrase, we should find out what he meant. It says the truth will set you free, but also it says, if you hold to my teaching first. First he says, if you hold to my teaching. Uh, other versions use the word continue in my word. The idea of uh, maintaining, staying with, continue on believing, not just understanding a little bit and then forgetting about it, but continuing on. He says, if you continue in my teaching, if you continue in my word, then you will know the truth. So somehow he's connected the knowledge of the truth with continuing in his word, continuing in his teaching. That's how you know the truth, from continuing in his word. He says, that then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Well, those who were listening to him, if you see the next verse, it says that they answered him. We're Abraham's descendants, and we've never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? He's saying, they're saying, how can you talk about freedom? We're descendants of Abraham. We've never been slaves to anyone. There's no way that you can set us free. We're not enslaved. We've never been enslaved. Does anybody see any hole in that argument? Did anybody forget about what happened for about 400 years in Egypt uh, when finally they were uh, brought out of slavery to Pharaoh? Maybe these people forgot that. Maybe they weren't referring to it. I don't think they forgot it, but that's at least what they claimed. The 400 years in Egypt they forgot about. In 386 B.C. when Babylon came in and led them into captivity, it's actually called the ba Babylonian captivity, and yet these people are saying, we've never been captive we've never been enslaved how can you free us we've never been enslaved then they they've forgotten to mention the uh, after the babylon babylonians the persians and the greeks and then and currently while they were even speaking with jesus the romans were dominating them they were telling them what they could do and what they couldn't do they were telling them they had to pay taxes to rome they had told them that they had to live under roman rule and yet they're still claiming how can you set us free we've never been enslaved isn't it interesting that people don't recognize when they're enslaved? Maybe you and I have experienced that moment where we've realized, hey, wait a minute, this thing's got a hold of me. I'm enslaved to this. I never even realized, I thought it was my choice. No, I'm enslaved. People don't even, us, we don't even sometimes realize that we can be ens enslaved. They don't recognize when they're enslaved. Jesus replies to this. And he says in the next verse, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. They're talking about political freedom, political enslavement. And Jesus says, I'm going to tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. 
And he goes on to explain, now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. First he says, he's not talking about the thing that they're talking about, even though what they were talking about, they were a little bit wrong on their facts. He says, I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about spiritual freedom. I'm talking about freedom from sin. And he says, anyone who sins is a slave to sin. Well, in our culture, we get a little uncomfortable with that. We get a little uncomfortable with the idea of sin in general. Now, we've been going through uh, Starting Point, and those who are going through Starting Point, there's a whole session that talks, that Andy Stanley talks about. We don't even like to use the word sin. We prefer to use the word mistake, right? Therefore, we're not sinners, we're mistakers. It sounds a little bit easier. It sounds, it's a little bit easier to take. But Jesus doesn't, doesn't mince any words, and he says anyone who sins is a slave to sin. But then he goes on, he says, if the Son sets you free, talking about freedom from sin, if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Jesus was talking about freedom from sin. If you want to understand and enjoy freedom, you have to understand what this passage is. Because my goal for the end of the the day, our time together, not the day, we're not going to be here a whole day, but our, my goal at the end of the, our time together is that I can say to you, now go and enjoy your freedom. And I don't have to yell at you as you leave, but be good, but be careful, but don't do this. I want to be able to say, go and enjoy your freedom, but we need to understand what this freedom really is. And Jesus is talking about freedom from enslavement, freedom from sin, an amazing thing. There's three affirmations in this passage that Jesus makes, and we need to see them First, that God's purpose for man is freedom. God's purpose for man is freedom. Not a lot of people realize that. They don't realize that the whole reason that we are created, that God made us for freedom. And he wants us to experience freedom. Now, sometimes we don't understand what freedom really is. I remember the, the, the day that I turned 16, Back then, I don't know, you're not supposed to give references to things that were 70 or 80 years ago that you'd experienced. But back then, when you, you could get your license the, the day you wrote your license, there was no graduated licensing. And, it was, uh, and I remember being so excited to go to school and then right after school go and, and write my test and get my license. I was so excited. And I remember thinking, why did I want my license so much? Freedom. That's what I remember thinking, freedom. And then I think, though, that the argument could be made that once I got my license, I was now subject to a whole bunch of rules, regulations, laws, and guidelines that I was never subject to before. And yet I thought of it as freedom, when in fact it might have been more accurate. And that's not even counting my parents' rules, right? Hi, Mom and Dad. That's not in counting those kind of rules, but I remember I used to think, I thought that was freedom. I was going to get my license and I was free. When really it wasn't freedom so much, it was more restricted mobility. <laughs> but that's not the kind of thing you celebrate. Hey, everybody, I got restricted mobility. Yay! <laughs> we think of it as freedom, but really it, it might not be. What is freedom? What do we need to see from here? Many people think that freedom is the absence of restraint, that I can go and do whatever I want to do. That's why we, when we say to people, go and enjoy yourself or have, do, go do whatever you want, we have a hard time with that because we want to take it back a little 
because we think freedom is a lack of restraint, that people can do whatever they want to do. I think that would lead to anarchy. Imagine if there was no restraint, no guidelines, no restrictions, no rules about driving. Even the simple things like driving on the proper side of the road. Imagine if we, everybody could just decide for themselves. You know, I'm driving, I'm, I'm freedom. I've got freedom. I'm going to drive on the left side of the road right now. I'm going to drive down this part of the highway. I'm going to turn in here where it says uh, no unauthorized vehicles allowed. I'm going to go wherever I wanted to go. Imagine if people thought that if we really acted on the idea that freedom is a lack of restriction. It would lead to anarchy. Freedom is not the absence of restraint. Freedom is not doing whatever you want. Doing whatever you want is just selfish, selfish bondage. That butterfly is free, but it's free to be what it was created to be. It's free to do what it was created to do. If we think of that idea for ourselves that God has created us, he must, if he's created the butterfly to do something, to be a butterfly, he's created us to be something as well. So just as the butterfly isn't free to fly to the moon, we're not free to do just anything that we want to do. We're free to do what God has created us to do. Freedom is, think of this this way, freedom is the privilege and the power to become all that God wants you to become. The privilege and the power to become all that God wants you to become. To be what God made you to be. Now before you say that just sounds like an infomercial, right? God wants you to be everything. But that's really what he wants. He's created you for a certain purpose. He's created you in a certain way. And he wants you to do, to be free, to be all that he's made you to be. And yet sometimes we switch things around. We have you ever noticed we don't use things the way they're intended? I, I find that I do that all the time. I don't use things the way they're intended. In fact, I brought my toolbox uh, from home. Actually, I forgot my toolbox and I got my wife to bring it. That's, that was pretty insensitive of me. But here's my toolbox. I brought my toolbox so I can show you some of the things that I like to do. I get my tools and I get myself in a jam and I thought, oh, I need to get this one tool out. And I have just a flat, straight-edge screwdriver. Now, the intention of this is to put in flat, screwed, standard screws and to take out standard screws. I rarely use it for that. I use it for other things. It's like a little pry bar. It's for poking stuff. It's got a little magnet on the end. It might be picking up stuff that I can't reach with my big fingers. You know, I use it for a whole lot of different things, sometimes uh, to varying uh, degrees of success. Usually, the more I use things the way they weren't intended, the more I get injured. I found that. That happens a lot, actually. Because I, I sometimes, if I, I don't want to walk all the way over to my toolbox to pick up a slotted screwdriver, I'll just use my fingers. And I'll try, I've used these two fingers to try to take, take off a, a, a screw. And after a while, it's painful, and I think I should get a screwdriver. And I don't. I use these two fingers. And after a while, that hurts, and I think, I really should get a screwdriver. And I don't, and I use this fingernail, or that fingernail. And then finally, I think, this isn't working. I should get a screwdriver, and I go and get a screwdriver. It's because I find that there's, I, I use things the way they weren't intended. Actually, I sometimes even use this screwdriver as a hammer. I find I use a lot of things as a hammer. I've used these pliers. 
these pliers, I'm trying to get something, I'm trying to make it flat or something, turn it and try to get it to be the way I want. It won't go the way I just smack it with my, it's a hammer. Everything's a hammer to me. I found, I figured that out. I use all these different things. There's times when I get a, like a, a little wrench out and I want to make things just so I'm just the right level of tightness and sometimes I'll use the right tool and other times I'll use the wrong tool and then it doesn't go the way I want and I use this as a hammer <laughs> just to get my way to do things I want. Actually, I have a hammer in here which I rarely use. It's amazing. We don't often use things, we use things the, the way they're not intended to be used. And I realized that as I was thinking about how I often make my own tools or try to, I, there's, sometimes I want to get up high on something and I've used my toolbox as a step. It works better, it worked better when I was lighter, actually. It doesn't work as well now as a step. It kind of gives way a little. Uh, I've used other things to get up higher, right? I've used a chair instead of a ladder. I use, I've used a pile of chairs <laughs> instead of a ladder. I've used a table instead of a, I've actually used a pile of chairs on a table <laughs> instead of a ladder. I've used a ladder on a table instead of a bigger ladder. I've used all those things and sometimes I've been injured <laughs> because of the choices that I've made. Right? It's, it's true. We, som we sometimes use things for a, a job that they're not intended for. And then we get frustrated when it doesn't work. Well, if we apply that to our lives, where God has created the butterfly to be a butterfly, he's created us in his image to glorify him. And when we try to do things our own way, when we try to use our life for a different purpose, we often just get frustrated. Sometimes we get injured. Sometimes we, we lose out on what God wants us to do and what God wants us to be. And yet God has created us to be a certain thing, to do a certain thing. That's an amazing thing that he's done for us. It's the opportunity to feel, fulfill our potential to the glory of God. You know, you were born with tremendous potential. You were born with all the potential that you need to do what God wants you to do, to be what God created you to be. That's an amazing amount of potential. And then if you became a believer, then you were given certain spiritual gifts uh, to add to your natural talents, and God surrounds you with opportunity. And then there's this freedom that we can do and live our life the way God designed us to live it. We're free to do that. And yet somehow, we give up that freedom and we trade it for bondage to other things. The Bible is a book of freedom. And you think of Israel's experience in that Old Testament when they were in bondage to Pharaoh in Egypt and he, God delivered that whole nation, used Moses that's an interesting study in itself, but used Moses to free that nation. And their experience, you would think, God freed us. We're always going to serve God, and yet God gave them freedom. And they used their freedom sometimes to do other things, worship other gods, follow other gods, do things that were, they weren't made to do. And then they found themselves in bondage again. They found themselves in difficulty, and they found themselves in trouble. And they turned back to God, and God redeemed them and saved them and gave them their freedom all over again. And, and that happened repeatedly throughout the Old Testament. 
And I used to, when I was younger, I used to think, oh boy, those guys will never learn their lesson. And then I looked in the mirror and I realized I do the same thing. I do the same thing over and over again. I give up freedom to do and to be what God wants me to do and be for something else. I follow a lie. We won't take time in John uh, chapter 8, but starting in verse 44, it talks about the lie that often we believe the li- and the source for the lie. Why we sometimes are distracted, why we sometimes go and do other things and forget the freedom that we have and we forget the freedom that we're supposed to live. Freedom comes through truth. We often forget the truth and believe a lie and therefore give up our freedom. I find in our society, we are quite willing to give up our freedom. Now we don't see it that way, but I see it that way a little bit. I sometimes think that we are more, we're willing to give up a little bit of freedom for comfort. You and I, our society as a whole, our culture, is willing willing to give up some freedom for security. We're willing to give up freedom for a number of different things. If you think about it, you can see what I'm talking about. And so we're used to giving up freedom in exchange for something else. We give up the freedom of independence for security and being dependent, some of those kinds of things. And our society sort of uh, allows us to think that way and sort of pushes us in that way. And I wonder if we sort of put that onto our Christian lives as well and we give up the freedom that God says, I've created you to do and be a certain thing in a certain way. We sometimes give that up for something else things our own way. We've, we forget the truth and we believe a lie. Truth is given to us in three ways. Sorry, I need to go back. Um, God's method for freedom. The way that he gives freedom is through truth. It comes by truth. The power of God works through truth. The power of the devil works through lies. Truth comes to us in three ways. First of all, Jesus is truth. John 14, 6, the same John that wrote the passage in chapter 8 that we're reading. Uh, In chapter 14, he he writes about what Jesus said about himself, and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So truth comes to us through Jesus. Jesus is truth. In the same passage of John chapter 8 that we're looking at, starting in verse 36, it says, and we read this already, if the Son, therefore, will make you free, will set you free, you will be free indeed. And the verse that we've looked at in verse 32, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Jesus is referring to himself as the truth. Truth comes through Jesus. Truth comes through God's word. In the same book, in chapter 17, he says, Jesus says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And he says in this passage that we've looked at in chapter 8, starting in verse 31, if you continue in my word, some versions say in my teaching, but the, more literally, it's if you continue in my word, then you are my disciple indeed, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. 
and the spirit that God gives us is truth. First John, same guy talking about in a different book that he wrote, the spirit is truth. And in Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So God supplies freedom to us through truth. God's revelation of truth is Jesus. In order to show us truth, he showed us his son. If the son sets you free, he says in verse 36, you will be free indeed. So, the better you know Jesus, the more freedom you will enjoy. Let me say that again. The better you know Jesus, the more freedom you will enjoy. If Jesus is the truth, if Jesus is the source of truth, then the better that we know, and the truth is the way that God delivers freedom, then the, the better we know Jesus, the better we can enjoy our freedom. You see, it's, it's got to, we got to look at our freedom a little differently than what we normally look at it. Freedom, you, we, used to, we often think, at least our society, and, and often we do too, we think freedom is uh, the casting off of restraint, doing whatever we want to do. When that's not really freedom, that's a little more like anarchy. Freedom, the way Jesus looks at freedom, is freedom to be and do what we've been created to be, what we've been created to do. The more, the more that we know Jesus, who is our source of truth, which is the way that God gives us his freedom through his truth, the more we know Jesus, the better we know him, the more freedom we'll enjoy. And so it becomes our responsibility to know him. If we want to enjoy freedom, and freedom comes from the knowledge of Jesus, of who he is, getting to know him more, then it's our responsibility to know him more so that we can enjoy our freedom. We can enjoy our freedom. We know that through his word, uh, the word of God is, is our, we know Jesus through his word and so God's word is the key for our freedom. And so the more that you know Jesus, the more you become like Jesus. And so the more you become like Jesus, the more you become all that God created you to be. Amazing. If freedom for the butterfly is doing everything that it's created to be and created to do, then why isn't freedom for us the same thing? The, the being able to do everything that we are created to do, being able to be everything that we are created to be. If that's true for the butterfly, it's probably true for us as well. That we, freedom for us is the ability to do everything that God wants us to do, that he created us to do. The, will, the ability to be everything that God created us to be. He wants us to be what he's created us to be. Let's think about this. Freedom is life controlled by truth and motivated by love. Freedom is a life that's controlled by truth and motivated by love. If we think of it that way, then we can also think that bondage is life controlled by lies and motivated by selfishness. So if we think of our life as freedom, 
and being controlled by truth and motivated by love. Sometimes the motivation that we can find, motivation in love, sometimes freedom is the freedom not to do something. Have you thought of that? We were driving in the States on our way home um, all day Friday and into Saturday morning. And at one point, I like to, the way I like to drive, I like to drive, I like to use my cruise control, and I like not to hit the brakes at all. Because for me, everything's a game, and I, like, I, I look at my speed some, but I have a cruise control, so I don't look at the speed too often. I look at more of my gas consumption. And I want that number to go down, right? I want the number of uh, liters per 100 kilometers just to go down. It's more of a game for me, right? So I like to tuck in behind a transport truck for a couple hundred hours, get a little bit more of the drafting or those kinds of things. I just have just a kind of a game for me. And uh, on, our, on our way home, I was driving and, and doing well. I actually got my, um, my gas consumption was in the sixes, down to 6.8, 6.7. I was pretty excited for our car. That's, that's pretty good. Really kind of celebrating that. And so my, you know, my intention is just to keep things rolling along, right? Just keep things rolling along. Well, um, and so I was in the, the passing lane, just following the people that were in front of me. And as I was going up, I noticed that there were a guy uh, put a signal on. There wasn't enough room to get in front of me, so I just kept... I just assumed that he meant that he was going to be getting over just as, as soon as I passed by. So I just kept going because there wasn't enough room for him to get in. And I, you know how sometimes you just feel that there's something going on? And the guy, um, he got in pretty aggressively right behind me and I looked in my mirror and he gave me a salute that some of you may have seen before. <laughs> so at that point, I had an option or two. I could engage in that level of conflict if I wanted to. But you know what? I had the freedom not to. There was nothing constraining me. There was nothing in my belief system that said I have to stand up for myself, that I have to salute him back, or that I, that I have to do something to, to his level and then worse. I didn't do any of that because I'm not constrained to do that. You know, some parts of our culture would say you need to stand up for yourself and you need to tell him what he needs to hear and you need to put him in his place and you need to do all of those things. You know what freedom is? Freedom is sometimes the, the ability not to respond, not to react. I tell you that, that specific example because I have lots of other examples where I fail. So sometimes I like to tell some where I have a little bit of success, where I understand that the freedom I have in Jesus Christ is freedom to be what he wants me to be. Does he want me to be a person that gets into conflict whenever there's an opportunity? Does he want me to stand up for my rights so I, I can tell him and put him in his place? Is that what God wants? Is that what he's created me to be? Is that how he's created me to act? No, he hasn't. And because I have Jesus Christ, I understand that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died for my sin, and that because of the forgiveness that he offers if I simply believe. Remember that verse 30 that we looked at? He was talking to those who believed in him. All of this was to those who believe in him. So because I believe in him, I have the freedom to be what God wants me to be. And so I don't have to respond the way the world tells me to respond. I don't have to respond the way I've responded in the past. I can respond out of the freedom that God gives us. Because bondage is a life controlled by lies and motivated by selfishness. And freedom is life controlled by truth and motivated by love. Freedom is a result of a living relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Just think about that. Freedom is and can be for you a result of a living relationship with Jesus Christ. A relationship with the one that John's been talking about, the one that he followed, the one to whom uh, to whose tomb he was the first disciple to go to. He was uh, the one who actually saw Jesus die for his sin and for your sin and for my sin. And he witnessed the resurrection. And he was a leader in, what, in the early church. Amazing how God used him to be what he created him to be. Amazing opportunities that we have as well. Freedom is the result of living, a living relationship with Jesus Christ. That means walking with him and talking with him and learning from him. And so that it's this point that I want to be able to say, enjoy your freedom. It's not, because we need to understand what freedom is. Freedom is the opportunity to be what God wants us to be, what he's created us to be. So that he can use us the way we were meant to be used. Not to use the wrong tool for the wrong job or uh, try to make your own ladder. I've used a bicycle as a ladder before now that I think of it. <laughs> also didn't work very well. You know how we, some, we just sometimes we, use the, we, we misuse things the way they weren't, the, the, they weren't intended to use, and then we get frustrated with our results. And sometimes that can be that way with our lives. You might be here today frustrated with your life. Frustrated with the way things are going. Frustrated with uh, how things are turning out. The way things look to the future even. And for me, frustration sometimes comes from me trying to use my life to do something it wasn't made to do. So I didn't make me. God made me. And he wants me to do and to be a certain thing. And when I don't do that, it leads to frustration. So imagine the, the freedom that you can experience, the freedom that maybe you have experienced, the freedom that you are experiencing knowing that you follow Jesus and you want to do and be what he's created you to do and to be. Amazing freedom that we have. Let's enjoy our freedom through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for the freedom that you give to us. Lord, we've, we've had a chance to sing this morning, no longer a slave to fear. Lord, we don't have to be a slave to anything. You've given us the opportunity to be free. You've given us the chance to be free from our sin, free to live the life you've created for us, free to follow you. And Lord, I pray that you will help us to enjoy the freedom you've given. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.